Welcome to Contextless, uh, the podcast where ketamine is not forbidden, but also not welcome. I am your host, Fernando Martinez, and when, with me today I have I can who, someone who I consider to be a very good sis of mine. Probably, like, his taste is unmatched. I don't know, someone with a better taste, whether it's music, fashion. He's an artiste, like king of self-portraits his port- self-portraits are awesome and just I don't know about her bitch basically I don't know about her bitch oh and they're my favorite tiktoker my favorite tiktoker honestly and okay. and then awesome just like an icon like literally my guest please welcome my guest the one and only Ten. Hey, um, it's me, Ten. Um, <laughs> I don't know. This is sort of weird. It's my first time, but hopefully I'll get the hang of it. You're not in the Bay Area right now, right? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm in Palm Desert, California, close to, like, Indio, Coachella Valley area. It's, like, the same weather, but just clear skies. Are there, like, a lot of, like, you know, those old white gays you know the ones i'm talking about there are no there are like the elder ones <laughs> the ones who have like retreated to the <laughs> desert to like what away <laughs> for sure the ones that don't know how to take good selfies you know like they'll take selfies from like like down here and like <laughs> with horrible lighting yikes help, but <laughs> they probably have like mask for mask or like sugar babies and they're like grinder bios or something like that <laughs> i'm sure of it well yeah it's factual factual and so okay so i feel like for this uh podcast episode i really wanted to be like music oriented because i feel like when we first met and like our friendship march a lot of it has been like based on our like music taste you know because i agree and we would we would literally like like go to the same concerts basically you know what i mean (laughs) we wouldn't go together but then like we'd see on each other's social media and i'd be like you were there and i'm just like and it kept happening so much where i'm like this person has taste how do i become their friend (laughs) so i feel like that's why i want it to be music oriented, honestly. Right. Um, I think the first interaction that was music oriented that we had together, well, the one that I can remember um, was with, um, of course, Starbucks queen Maggie Rogers. I posted her, and I was like, I wonder if any any of my oops know who Maggie Rogers is. And I was surprised that like a few, but leave it up to the gays to like idolize a cis white girl, but. Um, <laughs> she makes good music for the most part, so I'll take it. Yeah, honestly, she is the Starbucks queen. Like, if I had to stand a cis white woman, I'm glad it's Maggie Rogers. Bruh, okay, for me, like, real quick, like, Say It, her song Say It. Oh my god, yes, that one's so good. It's so, like, I don't know, it's so, like, emotional to me and, like, raw. I don't know why, but it sounds almost like teetering onto like r&b too which is like weird for her mm-hmm. but i like it 
I think it's one of her best songs. Personally. I I agree because I remember I was talking to about it with a friend, and they said that like it's such a sad song, and I'm like, that's why it's good, sis. That's right. why it's good, <laughs> and it's so good. Her whole album like has bops. Like you have burning. She gave us falling that's water. True. Falling water. Falling water. Oh whoa. Cultural whoa. reset right there. <laughs> Grade. Oh yeah, yeah. That one's also really good to me. Mm. But like overall, her vibe is very like woodsy, like driving up to Lake Tahoe, taking mm. shrooms, something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. Like it's it's fun. I I appreciate Maggie Rogers. Yeah, <laughs> she does what she needs to do for those who like need that. Bro, she was doing folklore before Taylor Swift did it. <laughs> Wait, Taylor Swift stole Maggie Rogers' thing. You heard it here first. White on white crime. <laughs> you heard it here first. Stop I'm these dead. dangerous white women. Have you have you ever seen Maggie Rogers live? I haven't. But I've seen like Instagram clips of her live and like the crowd is not a drop of color. <laughs> I mean you have your you have your creams, your mayonnaise, your eggshell. Yeah. I know what you That's mean so though. Because I yeah. saw her uh I saw her at Coachella, I believe it was last year. I think it was. And she and the crowd, bruh, I had a good time, but the entire entire crowd it was all like, you know, white people, but mostly white women. And like my main takeaway from her set, like yeah, she's an amazing live performer, but also like the way she makes like I guess white women feel seen is like very like powerful but at the same time it's like dangerous you know i don't know how to explain it it's just like she the way she could just like you know bring together so many white women her power i don't know but it's very intimidating because i just feel like they felt seen by her and i was just like okay good for you but like okay (laughs) i'm dead she's a witch a bruja a bruja honestly (laughs) Oh no! I shouldn't say that. Oh my god! <laughs> oops! Oops! Awesome. And then I remember like another show that you went to that I didn't go to that I was so jealous because like I had like there were like two other concerts that same day was Rina Sawayama's first oh, show yeah. in San Francisco for um for Rina, yeah. Uh-huh. Rina. It was it was pretty good. Um I didn't like I personally wasn't like the biggest fan of her when I went. Um but I was honestly like blown away by her like performance energy. Mm-hmm. She's a really good performer. Some dance moves are a little funky. <laughs> she could work on that. But the songs they're there. Like nineties like R and B slash like new metal and like i don't know like electronic music it's so good mm-hmm. but yeah the crowd was great she had an after party i wasn't 21 so i couldn't stay but um yeah she's she's amazing she's so pretty too she's so pretty and i remember because like bro, all i wanted was to go to that concert and just listen to ordinary superstar oh yep 
Like, that song does it for me, honestly. It's giving, like, coming of age, like, Y2K, like, rom-com, like, teenager coming of age movie. Exactly, and I feel like a vibe I get from her is very much like, oops, I did it again, Britney Spears, very Mm -hmm. much that, and I feel like that's something I always appreciate as an influence because it's very, like, impactful and, like, just good pop music because I feel like pop music, even in the fucking year 2020, still has, like, stigma, you know? But then it's just, like, pop music is doing it now today, I feel like. Well, I mean, there's, like, pop music and then there's, like, mall music that's, like, pop. I don't listen to the mall pop music for the most part. I know what you mean, though. Uh, <laughs> like, stuff that's just, like, playing in the background that you can't really, like, distinguish. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I would, like, um, some people who, like, are pop stars nowadays, I don't know, but, like, Madison Beer, have you seen her lately and the controversy behind that? You mean Ariana Grande's son? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so blatant. But I'm not saying I'm not going to stream that song. But <laughs> it's just like, it's so, is it really that hard to come up with, like, like your own sound nowadays? And, like, your own pop style? Exactly. Are, are, you, are you talking about her song, Baby? Yeah, I am. I seen that Twitter post the mm-hmm. other day. And I was just like, it does sound like Ariana Grande, so I didn't know you could imitate. Like, I didn't even know Ariana Grande had a sound until I heard it imitated by Madison Beer. Bruh, bruh, is it just like, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a lot of like harmonies and just like really fast talking that sounds like rap. And it's just like, um, I don't know. I, I think it's a good song. <laughs> We can let the people decide. Yeah, because I've heard, like, I've heard the gays, like, eating up that song on my social media. I don't think I've listened to it, though. I've seen that Twitter post you're talking about. But, like, going back to what you said about, like, oh, is it just, like, so hard to come up with your own style and music? I feel like it's not that it's hard. It's just, like, it's not... It's, like, financially risky, you know? And they don't want to be, like, less profitable than, like they should be you know what i mean but then again authenticity is everything like as long as you just do the music you want to do but at the same time people are just like all about the optics you know right because some people want to like they don't necessarily care about like the creative side they just want to sing and like dance for like a crowd of people like entertain Mm -hmm. um but yeah i guess that's just a distinction between the two like do people even want to be pop stars nowadays? Like, who was the last pop star? Billie Eilish? I, I that's or like... like Lizzo? Mm-hmm. That's, those are good answers. I mean, yeah. But I guess it's, like, not easy also being, like, super popular. I don't... I, I would, like, based on, like, every movie ever about fame and celebrity, <laughs> like, I get, probably not the easiest thing. But the thing is, I don't think people want to be pop stars. I think some of them just want... It's either, like, they just want to be famous to be famous, 
or like they're actually talented and get the massive recognition that they deserve and then they happen to get famous you know what i mean i feel like fame is never really the goal when like an artist is like truly talented because for me billy eilish i refer i refer to her as william eyelash but like at first i was like who is this like who is this like edgy edge edge lord who is this but then i listen to her like songs and like her latest releases and like no matter how i feel about her aesthetic or like her fan base and her fan base really turns me off like i don't know what it is but she is talented the girl is talented and that's not up for discussion like no matter how you feel about her or her fan base so yeah go her getting all the grammys she swept the grammys this year didn't she <laughs> but the last one her and her brother they were they got bruh they literally won album of the year the biggest award of the whole night and by then they had already won like more than five and they were like yeah deuces <laughs> they're like we just got album of the year <laughs> that's true oh wow yeah that feels like it was a hundred years ago it does time is crazy time never existed and now it's like right. obliterated Speaking of award shows, did you watch the VMAs? I mean, I didn't actually sit through the VMAs. I watched, like, the performances only, like, on YouTube and Twitter and whatnot. Same, same. Because on all my friends, whenever I texted them afterwards, and I was like, did you watch the VMAs? I'd be like, I'd ask that, and then I'd say, aka, did you just watch Lady Gaga's performance? <laughs> because, like, <laughs> that's, that's the only reason why I would even tune in and stuff. But um, you did you watch her performance? I did watch her performance. Thoughts? What do we think? What do we think? Um, so we'll dissect the look. It's not giving. It's not giving. Not even the mask? Giving, no, it's giving really dated, like not not really like it's not giving good material like aesthetically either. It's giving like AliExpress. Not Alex. I always, uh-huh. I always thought Lady Gaga to be more, I don't know, like fashion forward than the other girls at least, like mm-hmm. Katy Perry and whatnot. But I don't know. It's not. It's not giving what I thought. Maybe I need to lose that image of Gaga. But the outfits, no, not not like the award outfit, the performance outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, but her performance, she started off with 911, which is like a first. I loved it. She needed to give it to us. That transition from Chromatica 2 yeah. to 911, she did. She did it. <laughs> the Jurassic Park theme esque intro, like strings, symphony. It was giving like grandiose. And then, like, she came out, did her thing with 911. I was hoping she would use like the little vocoder effect she had on like the track actually but it was nice to hear her raw voice um but yeah i think she sounds pretty good for how far she's come like so much stuff that she's been through but i thought everyone was cute and then wasn't it rain on me Mm -hmm. with ariana grande Mm -hmm. that one was cute too it was very cute um yeah ariana grande's vocals are still unmatchable to this day right now mariah Um, is shaking yeah um no one is reaching her like with the mask on 
with a mask on or off, honestly. <laughs> and I feel like I, I liked like the whole set setup and like the the outfits were like okay, but it was a really good like performance because I feel like that's like what we needed. You know, we needed to see our girls doing their damn thing. You know. Mm-hmm. But I will say it's MTV, right? Yes. MTV really messed up putting Chloe and ha- my girls Chloe and Hallie in the pre-show. They were really giving it all though, like outfits, stage setup, vocals, dance moves. They even like arranged their new song to have like I mean their song "Ungodly Hour" to have like drums, and, like so they can like strut to them and like do some like real cool movements. But um, yeah, personally, that performance like took the cake, but. I would say, yeah, Lady Gaga was, like, up there, too, like, most definitely second. Yeah, most definitely second, and I agree with that. <laughs> because, bro, like, Chloe and Halle, I was, I, was, I was about to bring up the same point, where it's, like, the audacity that put them in the pre-show right. when they've been performing, like, virtually all throughout right. the summer, slaying each time. Each performance is better than the last one outfits choreography vocals arrangements and they they dropped one of the hottest projects of the year let alone the summer you know and the fact that they performed my personal favorite from their album ungodly hour name of the album but also they performed the title track i was like how do you not put down the main stage how do you what like imagine if it was no coronavirus like they would really be there like the top of the game right now they would be honestly they'd be touring they'd be booked and busy they, but they're still booked and busy they're still getting their coins and stuff but good for them i feel like they're gonna like be i think they're gonna be around for a really long time and i'm happy to see, like if they're this amazing like producing their own songs writing the lyrics like arranging the music at their young age imagine how like it's going to look like throughout the years. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I stand them. Do you think... And then we also have to talk about... Since we just talked about Lady Gaga. Do you see the shirt I'm wearing? Oh, love it. I. That's like one of the... Um, the cutest ones that she has that I saw. Didn't she send them out like really late? She sent them out notoriously late. <laughs> where it was like a meme on Twitter. We're like, we're, we're never going to get our Chromatica merch. Yeah. But yeah, I'm wearing a Stupid Love t-shirt from mm-hmm. Lady Gaga. And bro, have you bought anything from like that, like her era of Chromatica? Because I've bought pretty much like almost half of the like web, like web store. And like, I have yet to get all the things. Um, no, sadly, no not bought any chromatica merch nor have i bought in the album mm-hmm. um i'm not as big as a little monster as everyone thinks that i am <laughs> so you're here for the fashion you're here for lady gaga's fashion <laughs> yes yes i appreciate her um fashion and her more like more so her creativity and like music videos and looks and stuff like that and like just her bravery in general because I mean, she was, like, one of the first girls, like, dressed in, like, really avant-garde. Like, really avant-garde back in the day. Back in the day in 2009. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, I agree. 
I agree definitely with what you're saying. But I don't but for me and I don't mean this like as an exaggeration, but for me, I literally do not remember life before Lady Gaga's two thousand nine VMA <laughs> performance. I'm crying. That's when my life began. That's, That's the one when she was hanging and the blood was like dripping down her. Yes. That was okay. she was hanging from the ceiling, covered in blood, after she performed like paparazzi. Mm-hmm. That live performance un unmatchable. I feel like that like that's when I fully awoke and became like sentient and I was just like, Oh wait a minute, like culture is for me, you know what I mean? Like I feel like inspired. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. I've been saying that for, like I always tell that to my friends because very formative for me. Mm-hmm. Whenever people talk about like older or older Lady Gaga, it always reminds me of that one time when she was performing. Is it Bad Romance or Paparazzi? And like no one was dancing to it, and she's like, "Everyone get up! I'm dan- I'm singing like Paparazzi or something." And it's like the first time in a while she's been performing that song. I don't know. I just thought that was really funny of her um it reminds me of charlie xcx and she's like i thought this song was big in germany <laughs> <laughs> definitely the same energy and <laughs> i love the energy honestly because they know their like self-worth and stuff for the lady gaga clip i think it's like she's she was like on the born this way tour or one of those like early in her career and she was doing bad romance and she was looking off to like the seated seats and like in an arena and she was doing the choreography and then she screams at the people sitting she's like i'm doing bad romance why the fuck aren't you dancing like get up and dance she literally told him to wait, get up and dance wait though like for real like she spilled because like, it's the song the are you sitting yeah bro i i saw lady gaga on her joanne world tour in san francisco mm-hmm. a sold out baseball stadium bro and my friends and I, we were, like, up in, like, the higher seats. And she did Bad Romance, Poker Face, like, all the bops. And, like, my friends and I were looking around. We're like, what are y'all, like, <laughs> fossils not getting? Like, get up. We're having our lives. But, yeah, they were here for a million reasons, honestly. A good song, but, you know, they very much wanted that, like, yeehaw. But we lived. It was a good show. It was a good show. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned Charlie XCX. I did. Are the mastermind behind some of the most inventive pop music of our generation, of our time, perhaps in the world's history. And she released her latest album earlier this year that she produced and like created and wrote all while like sheltering at home. That's how she, she very much like approached it as it's called how i'm feeling now where do you how do you feel about the album like what does it give to you it's giving it's very much giving me like in the times like now like soundcloud electronic music coming up up, like pc music like but it's also giving like very much like nostalgia like a lot of nostalgia i don't know why but like I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm getting a lot of. Mm-hmm. Because I, I definitely get the nostalgia vibes. 
specifically on songs like Forever mm-hmm. and like Seven Years, very much like whiplash of nostalgia. And I'm just like, yes. it's very much like, gives me like analog circa 2008, like web page energy. And I really love that. And I just, and she also collaborated, I want to think, if I'm correct, she collaborated with Dylan Brady, who is part of 100 Jacks. Jacks? Am I saying that right? I don't know. But like, Jacks, I think. 100 Jacks. Where, where do you stand on, like, we're still going to discuss the Charlie album, but like, where do you stand on the 100 Jacks discussion? I am obsessed with 100 Jacks. Um, I've always been obsessed with 100 Jacks, but, um, I very much am a fan of, like, very chaotic, loud, like, pots and pants, electronic, like, music that just sounds really good when loud and, like, is, like, over 100 BPM. So, like, um, I very much appreciate Dylan Brady's work on how I'm feeling now. It's giving me what I want and what I need. Mm. Bro, pots and pans, that's the whole genre of music, honestly. <laughs> Shout out to Sophie. Shout out to Sophie, honestly. And right. I really like 100 Jacks and what they're doing because it's like, it's so transgressive and like they're like demolishing all the ideas of what like not only pop music should be, but like music in general. Because whenever I'm like, I'm like blasting 100 Jacks, my brother will like look at me and he's like, this isn't music. And I'm like, to you, to you. But I think it's a really good thing for music. For, for what are your, like, what are your favorite tracks off of How I'm Feeling Now? Um, Pink Diamond, for sure. It's a bop. It's giving, like, you know, like, club music. Um... Uh, my favorite track off of How I'm Feeling Now is Party For You, of course. Like, Same. I think it was a leak from, like, Charlie World or whatever. That one thing that leaked way back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I absolutely adore the track and the lyrics and the production. Um, also very much a fan of Visions. Plus the ending track of How I'm Feeling Now. Like, the second half gets me going for sure she ate the second half ate and i really i'm i'm also a big fan of party for you just like the whole like it's so like romantic and sweet and like i love how the track evolves and like eventually just like disintegrates and visions i'm a big fan of visions also bro that like ending of visions like to me i've always described it as like listening to the ending makes me it like it makes me envision myself like on the floor of like a sopping wet club dance floor like doing coke off of someone's ass like that's what it gives me yeah it's giving cocaine it's giving like four locos with like red bull like for sure <laughs> for sure honestly do you think would you how would you rank how i'm feeling now with like charlie's other projects Okay, to be honest, listening back to Charlie, her last studio album, mm-hmm. um, did not to me to me it doesn't it did not age as well as I thought it would. 
Um, so it's definitely above Charlie. I think mine would be my first one would be number one angel. Mm-hmm. Um, that mixtape for sure, and then pop two, and then how I'm feeling now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she released number one angel and pop two in the same year. Can you yeah. imagine? <laughs> wow. I saw her live in San Francisco for the number one angel. Like, she did a handful of shows, and it was very cool. It was at the rickshaw stop, and, like, it was so small, so sweaty. It was a good time. But for me, number one angel, emotional, and I love you too. Wait, emotional. That one gets me. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. And pop two. Pop two is a, like, masterpiece. I, I would want to say it's so good like her collaborations are amazing and super good but Charlie I don't know why the gays don't like Charlie the self-titled album because everyone's just like like they don't like to me it was arguably the best release last year to me out of her stuff or just like out of everyone that released music last year I want to say personally Really? Out of the whole year last year. I want to say. The only song that ages really well is Gone. Like, Gone is one for the books, for sure. Like, a cultural reset, I will call it that. Do you remember the day Gone was released? Because I do. It was... <laughs> the, it was a day for the gays. It was yeah. a moment, really, for sure. And the queens on the track. Like, very much giving gay energy so gay energy it's such a good and it goes so hard i just snapped a wire a hanger oops my bad <laughs> uh but it's very giving very much that but yeah charlie xcx she's still underrated i would say i would still say yeah i would say too she just definitely deserves she doesn't have like like local energy and that's a good thing yeah for the most part it is a good thing because I mean, people say gatekeeping is bad, but I honestly think sometimes gatekeeping art is good. <laughs> I honestly agree, because, like, these other, like, local girls, the local population, they don't deserve it. They yeah, really right. don't. They really don't. They won't appreciate it. That's so funny. But that is that the title of the episode? Gatekeeping is good? Gatekeeping is good. <laughs> but... But I, I understand what you're saying. And I remember she would always go on these tours with, like, super big artists and always be an opening mm. uh, artist. Like, she opened for, like, inf- infamously, she opened for Taylor Swift on Taylor Swift's Reputation Tour. And then she opened for Halsey on, like, one of her tours. And for me, it's just, like, it's so ironic that the, like, to me, anyway, that the... the more talented artists or like the better artist in general is like the opener when they should be like the headliner you know what i mean is does it does charlie have like problems with her like record label or something like that i don't know i don't, i'm not sure but we should yeah. ask we should ask tanache <laughs> <laughs> right because that's like one of the only reasons i can think why she would go on like sign or agree to go be like openings for those big tours because maybe her record label is telling her to do stuff like that but um 
But yeah, I agree. Like she's definitely overqualified for that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, checks all the boxes and then some, like all the boxes. I remember like when she was touring for with Taylor Swift. I used to see memes or like tweets where it's like, "Can you imagine Charlie XCX performing like Unlock It to like kindergartners at Taylor Swift at a Taylor Swift show?" So it's very much that energy. I, I, if I remember correctly, I, like, saw or read an interview with Charlie earlier this year where she, like, flat out said, like, I'm not opening for, like, artists anymore. I think she said that. And I feel like, I feel like her, whether it was her choice or her record label's cho- choice to have her open for all these bigger artists, I feel like that was them always holding out hope that they would become, like, mainstream. But I feel like she's at a point in her career where, like, she knows she's respected by those who matter, you know? Well, also because she was mainstream, maybe they want her to go back to that. Like, Boom Clap was, like, the biggest song of, like, the year, whatever year it was. Like, boom I heard it in every Forever 21. Mm-hmm. Not Boom Clap. I knew, I knew we were going to go there, but here we are. Boom Clap. But that's so triggering, because I like the song. It's a cute song. But it's just like, it just reminds me of like the Far in Our Stars yeah. and all that era. Not me. Not it's me. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> so embarrassing. And also, I because like, uh, a, I don't think it's a coincidence, but like, a lot, like the major, like basically all the artists that we've been discussing are all women, like female identifying people. And to me specifically, I know that you're a very big fan of not only like women artists, but just artists happen to be women, but also like you're very big on rappers who happen to be women. Yes, I am. Yeah. And for me, we're going to get into that, but I want to like start this uh, conversation by asking like, what is it about like, what is it about like rappers what is the uh, rappers who are women? What does it do? Like, what does it give you? What is it? Describe it. Um, I I don't not necess- I mean, it doesn't necessarily only apply to like women rappers, but personally, I find that rappers tend to have like a different approach when they're writing a song or like choosing like their stylistic voice and like what kind of cadence they want to use. Sometimes I feel like a beat is just better with like rapping over it because like Mm. it like rapping achieves like a different type of like sound that is more pleasing to me Mm. than singing like more so like a melody but that's just what it is to me and i really like it when women rap because they just sound badass (laughs) they very do like i feel like the the how you mentioned like the cadence and everything to me it makes sense because like you said you're a fan of like pots and pans music you know very like aggressive and i feel like it's the rapping the rapping music rap music is like similar to that in the sense like it's not just a melody you know not a ballad but it's very like in your face very high energy very like not not arrogant but just like you know confident there we go the word confident so for me and i remember another show that we were both at was a Rico Nasty show in oh, Oakland. Yeah. You were in there, sis. I was. You were down in the trenches. How was that show? 
Um, I honestly think that was the best concert experience of my life. Probably. Because, like, it was so chaotic. It was definitely, like, what Rico Nasty music, it, like, was at the point. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just, like, a bunch of mosh pits, like, teenagers, like, 18 to, like, 24, like, moshing, like, in three different groups. And then, like, I left with bruises. I don't know how, but I left with bruises on my legs. So, yeah, and I didn't get many pictures because I was just having a great time. <laughs> Not gonna lie, because, like, I remember heading to that show. I I didn't get tickets because it sold out, but then one of my friends was like, I have an extra ticket, like, an hour before the show. And I was like, <gasps> and so I, like, scurried, or, scurried over there. And I knew you'd be there, of course, because I'm like... I knew you were a Regan Nasty fan. And we didn't, I don't think we ran into each other at the show, but I I vividly remember, I think for like, at least, like for a hot second, I saw like your, the back of your head, like in the front of the pit. I was in the front on the, on the left, like closer to the left stereo, like, like literally the front row though. But mm-hmm. yeah, it probably wasn't me because like, I was like really tall and everyone behind me was like pretty pissed, but I did not. I know I'm I have that same problem at shows where like because I'm six foot three (laughs) and like and it's like I'm just and some I used to get self-conscious about it but then I'm like sis just move because I'm here like could have came five minutes earlier like exactly exactly and I remember how you what's the word how like you specifically always are like listening to rap music because that's where I get a lot of my like rap music is from like your stories and stuff because I'm like there there's you know so many talented ones and so right now like which rappers are like are your favorites and like what do they each give you like a quick few Um, oh my god okay so I think we all know Flo Millie she dropped a project like earlier last month like she's very much giving me like that bratty girl like schoolgirl attitude like and like i like to say like schoolgirl raps because it sounds like something like girls would make up like during lunch on using the lunch table as the beat mm-hmm. or something like that like the way that she raps it's giving me that kind of like really childish funny like out-of-pocket lines that don't necessarily make sense but mm-hmm. are funny um, but yeah, I really appreciate Flo Millie. She's really good with like switching up her flow too, um, and coming up with very innovative ways to like write the beat. Mm-hmm. But I really like Flo Millie. Um, She's really amazing. Like her project, one of the best of the year. Right. Freaking! I love like May I. I love all the songs. They're very like good. That bitch. Likes that bitch. The the music video for that. Ooh. Right. <laughs> Ooh. And she's visuals. She cares about her visuals and we love that. Right. And she's so young. She has like she's definitely gonna be in the game for a while. Exactly. Um, of course, the world's like most loved female rapper right now, Megan Thee Stallion. Like who doesn't like Megan Thee Stallion? Like if Trey you Songs. Don't like Megan Thee Stallion, there's this problem with you. Yeah. Like, like you're the problem if something <laughs> if you don't like Megan Thee Stallion. I agree. Yeah, uh, I've been also listening to oh 
Baby Mother released her fi- last and final project. So she's she basically retired, but it's on Bandcamp. Pay for your artist's art. Um, you can stream it, Motherland, whatever. It's really good. It's really like, I would say it's a great culmination or like graduation for Baby Mother and for a final work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and of course, like Nicki Minaj features here and there that are coming out late, lately. You ain't fuck this body, you fuck the old body. How does that go? New body, how does that go? <laughs> no, yeah, that song's never gonna come out, but the way that she has, Nicki Minaj has like almost like a cult following that I haven't seen like any other type of pop star or rapper have right now. Like, yeah. the bars. There's like bars, and then there's people who are like up still like below bars, but like are still obsessed with Nicki Minaj. Yeah, because she was literally a cultural reset like she's she crossed over from just being known for being a rapper to being like not a pop rapper but like just like having so much versatility in her verses and her energies and stuff and like another verse or another line of hers that like i always yell at my friends like for no reason is like Pussy like girls, down is my pussy gay, play with my pussy gay, it's a holiday. Like, like yeah. She, she, I don't know, like, her bars are always so funny. She always finds a way to be, like, she's very relevant without trying to be relevant. Exactly. Which is why I feel like kids, not kids, um, teenagers and, like, young people like her. Because, like, she's obviously not trying to be cool or, like, hip. Mm-hmm she sort of is like the trendsetter like the way that like people meme everything she says like big boobs like the way that i hear that everywhere now like on tiktok like she's like the goat billy the goat like for real (laughs) to freedom (laughs) to freedom did you just reference billy the goat like the same goat where like that one woman takes care of farm animals (laughs) i'm dead no, but like, yeah, she's. She is know, the she, goat. She is the goat. Like, I don't throw around that term loosely, but I I will apply it to her. She did it. She's still doing it. She doesn't. She all she has to do is like breathe, and like she's doing the damn thing. <laughs> right. I love but her. I will say, weirdly, I still feel like Nicki Minaj is underrated. Like. I don't know. There's something about, like, the way that she's still not, like, loved as much as I thought she was. Mm -hmm. Or, like, as much as her fans love her. Or maybe it's just, like, delusion. But, like, personally, I feel like she's still a little bit underrated. That people don't give her stuff, like, props for things that she's actually done. Yeah, honestly, I agree with what you're saying. Because I feel like, yeah, she has, like, this big personality and, like, hella charisma and confidence. And I feel like sometimes that's all people allow themselves to see. I don't see that she's a writer, like a lyrical genius. And she's super intelligent when it comes to like visuals and stuff. She really paved the way for like rap music and all the artists. But also just like all artists, like period, you know? And I feel like she really is underrated. But can you imagine... Still being underrated after dropping like her verse in Monster. <sighs> wow. 
She ate them. L- let nice. me, yeah, awesome. I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm scared. I'm just gonna scream Nikki versus. So, <laughs> so I'm just gonna stop myself. I'm dead. It's so hard not to, like, every time I hear a word that I know that is in a Nikki verse, it takes, like, every muscle to not, like, go ahead and, like, blurt it out, like, real quick. Exactly. One of, one of the most recent ones that I'm always, like, catching myself saying is, like, is, like, let me get this straight. Wait, I'm the rookie? Like, that's the one that... <laughs> I'm dead. That one's, the, that, one's, that one's the one that's been getting me as of late. No, album out. Right, like, she was... No, like, no one was doing it. Well, no one was doing it like her at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, rap specifically, I feel like... All the, it's mostly men who are allowed to be like braggadocious, like in your face, like. Uh, and I feel like she's one of the first rappers who really just like was unapologetically like herself and like uh, important, like really concerned with like her like art and stuff. Do you remember that one documentary she did with like MTV in like 2010, 2009, mm-hmm. where she was just? I watched all three. I don't necessarily remember like every detail, but I want I remember finishing all three. Yeah, yeah, those were very good. And there's I'm gonna I'm I bring it up to reference this one scene of one of them where she's like in the pic in that iconic pink wig, you know, the really like tall one. And she's talking about how like, oh, if like I boss up, I'm a bitch. But oh, if yeah. like a guy does it, he's a boss. And mm-hmm. she really said all that needs to be said on that. And, like, even to this day, that was, like, I want to say, what, like, 10, 11 years ago? And it's still applicable to today, unfortunately. The pickle juice one, too, where she was at a photo shoot, and, like, all they had was pickles and pickle juice. And she was just like, well, if you drink the pickle juice, you're just going to drink the pickle juice. (laughs) She revolutionized pickle juice. Right, like, no one else... uh, I love her so much. Bruh, I'm... I think the pink print... The pink print does it for me, honestly. Still to this day. Pink print. Iconic. Um, feeling myself. Beyonce? Wait, Beyonce on the track? Okay. <laughs> World stop. Right. And film that Coachella. Mm-hmm. Back when, like, people could still go to Coachella and, like, be with each other, yeah. So good, so good. But only, only she did what she had to do on Only. I saw a meme that was, like, really relatable for some reason. I don't know why so many people experienced it. But, like, it was, like, me, 6 a.m. in the morning, waiting for the school bus to come, blasting truffle butter, like, on my iPod for no reason. Like, I don't know why, but, like, that was me, like, I was playing Truffle Better like the highest volume of my earphones, like waiting for the school bus to come. I think I saw a similar one to that. And I feel like for <laughs> me, I think there's this one artist, she's an indie artist, do you know Snail Mail? Uh huh. Yeah, she tweeted something about how, like, something very similar to that, but instead of like a Nicki Minaj song, she said it was Ride by Lana Del Rey. 
I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, same. That was me with my little black iPod Nano when I would walk to I'm school. Crying. Bruh. Oh my god. That's crazy. The way that I would have to, like, I would find a way to listen to music at school back then was like, I would have to get a little micro SD card, download music onto that micro SD card, and then get like a thing adapter for that micro SD card to put it into my freaking flip phone. So I can listen to music on like some shitty ass earphones, bro. You can listen to it at school. You were out here hacking, doing. You were tech queen, <laughs> bro. You're doing more than I. That sounds. I'm pretty sure I couldn't do all of that even to this day. <laughs> I just got a little micro adapter, barely, but like, definitely, I see that. Honestly, for truffle butter, you better, you better, <laughs> you better. <sighs> And I feel like, I feel like, I don't think, we we mentioned, cr- like, Chromatica, like, as in, like, the, the era it is. But, like, do you like it as, like, an album? No? Um, it's cute, yeah. I think it's fun. It's fun to play through, especially when you're driving, like, long distances, personally. Yeah. I but feel, yeah. I really like, um... Obviously, like the second part of Chromatica, like who doesn't like sour candy, like with black pink, black pink in your area. <laughs> I definitely think sour candy, and I want to say replay are my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. They they sampled a Diana Diana Ross song for replay, and it's very cool to see like the video. I saw the video on Twitter where they showed like what was sampled, how they like it. Uh, it's very cool. cool. But yeah, Chromatica, I feel like it's, I'm I'm very notorious with my friend groups where I'm just like, this album is no skips. <laughs> like, I'm always that friend. I'm like, this is a no skip album. And I feel like Chromatica, it is that for me in a sense, because it's just, it's like a, it's a journey, you know, like start to finish, but you could just like jump in whenever and like, it'd still be good. Bro, Babylon, she ended with Babylon. She said, that's gossip. Bye bye. Boop. <laughs> Um, the thing I have, the only problem I have with Babylon is like, it sounds very like, I'm just going to say, it sounds very like commercial for it to be like a ballroom Vogue kind of song, mm. you know, like, I mean, it's cute. I, I think it's a cute song. Like I'll listen to it, but like, it's not really giving, it's giving like diet version of what it really could be. Cause I heard the demo like her makeup yeah Um, that one sounds really good i don't know why she didn't use that exactly like like she wanted to go with this really i think like conventional like plain type beat but it's it's to me it gives me like a ballroom like Mm -hmm. ballroom scene but if it was like old navy Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah and like have you did you hear the free woman demo I did. I really like. I've been listening to that one a lot recently because I found myself liking Free Women a lot now. At first, I was like, "This is not. Why did it go up and then it went nowhere?" Mm-hmm. But then now I'm just like seeing the lyrics. I'm like, "What song am I singing right now?" And I realized it was Free Women. That song goes hard, honestly. Mm-hmm. I watched her interview she did with Zane Lowe back when the album came out, and like she talked about how like very much like that song. 
It's all about like empowerment, you know, like. Eh. But it's very good. It's a good song. It goes hard. Yeah. She could headline at EDC, and I would go. I f- <laughs> that is such a statement. I think I'd have to agree. I would never go to EDC. Right. Like, you, like you couldn't pay me to go to EDC. Right. But if she's there, I'm gonna get my candies. I'm gonna get my ecstasy. I'm gonna get my glitter beads under my yeah, eyes. Did you go to a concert if you didn't wear mesh? Like Exactly. <laughs> Bro, also like Can we just talk about how like there's not gonna be concerts for like the foreseeable future? And I feel like when we first began the discussion, like again we like met through our uh and like shared uh interests of artists and stuff but like for you like concerts must have been like something you look forward to like enjoyed so to you how has it been like now like without concerts and like with it with their futures being like so unpredictable um well surprisingly i recently only started going to concerts like my first concert ever was like with my friend back in LA and it was a Lola Wolf concert which was so weird Mm -hmm. it was like my senior year of high school it was like my first concert ever it was really fun Mm -hmm. but yeah I find that concerts are like I don't know like I could also watch a live performance video and like maybe sort of like get the same experience Mm -hmm. to me at least Mm -hmm. but I do miss like the acts of like going out and seeing actually seeing the person but i don't think concerts are going to be a thing for a while for sure because <laughs> mm-hmm. because you since you shared your first concert my first ever concert i'm proud to say was lord at the fox theater in oakland circa <laughs> 2014 like, right after she won, like, Grammys for, like, Royals and stuff. I went with my sister, and it was very... I'm proud to say that was my first concert. But she did... When she did Ribs, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. I can die now. That's all I needed from her. And I feel like concerts are... I agree with you, aren't going to be back for some time. But again, like as cheesy as it sounds, we're always gonna have the music, you know. We we'll always have the music, and then we can have like our own like <laughs> virtual concerts or just like whatever. But yeah, I agree. I think it's just like I don't know if it's just like getting older, like just not wanting to have to deal with like the crowd and just like. I don't know, and then you have to buy drinks because then you're not gonna go to like who goes to a concert sober. Like children, really? But okay, yeah, but like, no. I'm pretty sure that the children don't even aren't even sober. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then like you have to think of the outfit. Sometimes it's just like more of a burden to me. Yeah, I, I agree with that because I remember when I first started going to concerts, me and my friends would get there super early. We'd want to be like first in line, like at the barricade, you know, like. Ah. But then like after, but then we got older and we're like now we get there like. 10 minutes before it starts and and we get our drinks first and we're just like 
not at the barricade, but, like, farther back. And it's just, like, very much, like, it's funny how that changes the older we get. But it's just, it's too much. We just, it becomes too much. It really is. And so, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask, and then we're gonna do our segment right now. The segment called Pop Off, where I ask one of my guests to go off on any topic of their choice. And so, get ready to pop off. What are you going to pop off on? Um, uh, personally, I don't know. I was debating whether I should pop off about like how capitalism is so annoying and how it affects artists, like both emotionally and physically and financially, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like so freaking annoying. <laughs> but how? <laughs> All right. Um, so basically, I don't know. I was facing a dilemma the other day. I was just like, I really want, because I had an idea of a painting that I wanted to do. And I was like a piece, an art piece that I wanted to work on. And I was really debating whether I should like really like actually pursue it like 100%, not like diddly dally like just do whatever but like actually go in with the plan and like do what like manifest something and then actually like pursue it but Mm. i don't know there's just like so many other like factors that i have to think about which is so annoying but like mostly like first of all how the hell am i gonna buy the items i'm unemployed hello Mm. (laughs) and like doesn't look like the unemployment thing is gonna be getting any better um Secondly, like, is anyone going to actually, like, I have to worry about, like, likability and, like, commercialness. Mm-hmm. I p- do plan on, like, selling it. So then then I'm like, well, am I making something that I really want to make or am I making something, like, because it's, like, not, like, actually pursuing my real true idea mm-hmm. because of, like, the fact that I need to make money somehow. Mm-hmm. But like yeah there's just like small things like that like how artists can't like just not even me like just artists in general like singers people who want to make music like it's like an investment to like come out and be like all right i'm gonna do this now like mm-hmm. there's so many like financial um obstacles to go through which i think really sucks because i feel like society at least should be like uplifting those individuals and like helping them out since we appreciate since we appreciate art so much you know or like at least we claim some of us claim yeah. to appreciate the art like people rather stream an album than like actually pay the artists which is so weird to me but um yeah that's just my little rant <laughs> i like how you were like just little things like that when in fact <laughs> you're talking about like the capitalist oppressive system <laughs> that like is at our throat at every wet second of our time but yeah i completely like agree with what you're saying because like i personally i don't identify or like consider myself to be an artist i like i'm a writer right so my uh it's not it's not the same exact thing but i know what you're talking about because like we following like the artists that we do you're always hearing about like how they're art is like they have to compromise their art for the sake of like making a profit and i feel like we're really at a point where like we're seeing we're at a point in society where like we're seeing 
the monumentously horrendous effects of capitalism and are seeing how that's it's not sustainable i don't think it's sustainable like the inequality is outrageous like let's go eat some billionaires like i don't want to i don't want to eat any of them literally but like right you know what i mean let's get the guillotine out but i just feel like artists they're so important to our world to our like our daily existence their art is what inspires us to at least for me anyway and the, my friends their art is what inspires us to keep going it makes us feel seen it makes us feel less lonely so the fact that artists like you and others have to like compromise their artistic vision just to like make it affordable when it shouldn't be as hard as it is it's not it's wild to me right something's not right obviously tax the rich tax the rich and also like i always get annoyed when i when people are like oh like the arts and education is important but then like they're defunding them right <laughs> something's not connecting something's not clicking and it's like it's that thing where it's like this whole uh discussion where the whole country's been having about like defunding the police or abolishing the police it's like oh you know what defunding is when it's like the education system or arts but you don't know what defunding is when it's like police when it comes to the police so that's a little like selective hearing selective uh what's the word selective listening exactly (laughs) awesome but yeah can be are you selling your art right now or no no i started to break because it was like sort of was having a mental breakdown like i had a like rip i at one point i was like wondering whether i should throw everything out but i'm back to normal hopefully for now back to normal (laughs) she's good (laughs) like just throw everything out start a new era like a new era no like literally i was like i'm (laughs) rebranding rebranding I always love those tweets where it's just like, oh, I'm rebranding. Like, the voices <laughs> in my head, we're rebranding right now. Because that's really how it is sometimes. It no, really like, it is. For real. Like, I look at myself, and then I'm like, the next week I'm like, I look the same. So then I'm like, I need to change something. <laughs> exactly. Which is why I ended up bleaching my eyebrows. And it's a look. It's a look. I fully support it. Right. I'm going to have to go back to those soon. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like, I, I think I already said this, but, like, your art is really good. Like, the self-portraits, they're very good. Very good. <laughs> very good. Like, like when you, like, if and when you start selling them, like, let me know, because I'm going to buy, like, a few, because sure. they're really good. <laughs> I need them. For sure. No, like, for real, I need buyers. Like, for real. Come on, <laughs> come on. Support, support, support a queer artist of color. Come on. <laughs> Hashtag representation. Come on. Diversity. But yeah, I agree. But yeah. And so we're going to wind down the podcast right now. So like, yeah. Last question is just like, if there's anything we didn't touch on that you want to say, last thoughts, final words, anything? Um, Bush did 9-11. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. What else is there left to say? I don't know. The sky is literally orange right now. 
Oh, right. Fires are horrible. And the fires are happening. And, like, I was working earlier today. And, like, a bunch of my coworkers were, like, on, like, our chat rooms. And we were, like, it's the end times. It's the end times. I'm not the one saying that. They're the one saying it. And I just feel like, to me, it's just, like, we've been in the end times, sis. Right. <laughs> we've been here. And I feel like, not to get too deep or anything, but I'm super appreciative that you, like, found the time to speak with me. And, like, I really appreciate it. Because it's, like, friendships, like, ours and, like, conversations like these that kind of, like, make me forget (laughs) that the world is on fire. You know? So, like, literally. (laughs) So, like, I just really just want to say thank you for coming, for joining this episode, and for being a wonderful guest. And stream how I'm feeling now. Pay, support local artists, go on the band camp, do it. Do it. In the words of Colleen Halley, do it. Wear a mask. <laughs> Wear a mask. Honestly, that's that's the only mask for mask that I support. <laughs>